Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan's spring football game is this Saturday. Fans are allowed at the big house, and we will tell you what to look for. The women's basketball team's historic season is in the books. we put a bow on that and discuss, you know, whatever else comes up here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, Aaron and Ryan, good to be talking with you here late morning uh, Thursday, March 31st. And yeah, we've got a spring football game to talk about. This is the first time since 2019. Is that right? Fans and the public and us are allowed in there. It sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. I don't, you know, I don't think it like happened at all in any real capacity. And then last year they had it, but decided to not let anybody in or broadcast it anywhere or share full they let people and, in but they didn't let the public in the media <laughs> right um <laughs> they let so the now, important people in there we go so now we're back to to kind of what it was um and yeah it should be it should be interesting um what i want to start with is asking you guys like what are you looking for what is the what is the one thing that you will you want to learn from this spring game uh and i'll ask each of you and i'm sure there's more than one thing so we'll come back but right now Let's just start with that that top thing. Whoever wants to take it first, go ahead. Well, I, I should back up for a second and explain to the folks, I guess, what this game is going to look like on Saturday. Uh, Fair enough. Know, in past t- past years, they've kind of done different formats and gone about their game differently, where they would do you know break it up into scrimmages or maybe it was like glorified practice. Saturday is expected to be an actual game. They have split the teams up into a maze team and a blue team. They have split up the coaching staff. Um, Steve Klinkscale is going to ha- be the coach of one team, and Stroud Moore is going to be the coach of the other. I forget which one, which is which. Well, you, you'll see it Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's it's going to be interesting because it's going to it's going to split up the personnel. And from what I understand, is there's there's going to be an actual draft. So these these teams are actually going to get to pick their players, which I think is fascinating in and of itself. So we're going to yeah. see a lot of split players here you know guys that maybe we we think will start this fall are going to be on opposite teams so it's going to be very interesting to see i guess you know who who ends up on which team and how much they play and where they play so like you know obviously i would suspect the quarterbacks are probably one of the first guys taken or you know kate mcnamara would probably go one and i guess so i guess we'll start here the quarterback situation you know jj mccarthy we don't really know yet his status we 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 have been told he is not throwing much in practice he has been active he's still there he still dresses he still goes goes through the motion so to speak but he's not throwing a ton now whether that still is the case remains to be seen i think that's obviously the 
big thing I think everyone's going to be watching for is if if and how much J.J. McCarthy throws because Kane McNamara, by all accounts, is healthy and good to go. Uh, he's the leader in the clubhouse. Um, but And then we've heard the backup situation. You know, it's Davis Warren, the former, former walk-on. I guess he's kind of come on and he's really impressed. And then you've got Ellen Bowman, the grad transfer from Texas Tech, who's back for another year. So quarterback situation will be interesting if and how much McCarthy plays, if he plays at all. He, he could very well be standing on the sideline the entire day and not doing much, which it would not surprise me if that's the case. So um, that's kind of the, the the big thing, you know, right off the bat. You know, everyone wanted to talk about the quarterback situation coming into the, into the, the offseason. Whether it, whether it was going to be JJ or Cade or a combination of the two, as of right now, it's pretty much been all Cade in practice. If Cade, if JJ wasn't available, I'm taking Cade with my first pick when I get it. And if he is available, then I don't think I'm taking a quarterback for. I'm, I'm letting the other guy blink first on the quarterback, and I'm just going best player available up until because then I I'm not sure I really care who I get. Um, now I guess you could you could really risk it. The guy takes a quarterback, and then you don't take, and then he takes the other guy too. He ends up with both quarterbacks. But yeah, that's how I do it. But, end up with one of the uh, true freshmen that kind of came in. Yeah, who who would be your who would be your first? Uh, yeah, forget the quarterbacks. Who who would you take first in this thing? Oh man, probably one of the running backs. Maybe, you know, Blake Corum, assuming he's healthy and good to go. Um, you know, maybe one of the edge rushers, Mike Morris. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I'd go big up front with Mozzie Smith. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm thinking impact, impact guy. Yeah. You know? I'd love to see this draft list, though, you know, because I mean, that, that really tells you what, you know, they, they think of the guys. It, it's so. funny you mentioned that because I asked uh, the Michigan uh, sports information guy earlier this week if we were going to get rosters ahead of time or, or yeah. draft results, and he kind of didn't. He, he, he made it sound like no um, because <laughs> they do anticipate some last-minute switches and things. Um, mm-hmm. We, we should have a better idea Saturday when, we, when, when you get to the stadium. But, yeah, I, it would be interesting, fascinating to, uh, to see how the draft played out. And that's interesting in and of itself because Jim Harbaugh was asked about that gosh, a few months ago when he was asked about the spring game and he mentioned the whole format they were going with. And he found it interesting. He said, when they do do these draft situations, you know, he's kind of EX as the commissioner. He doesn't really have much say in the matter. He kind of you know, disputes, you know, you know, he's kind of has the final say on rulings and disputes and things, but he, he always found it interesting to see who, who the coaches would draft first, who, mm-hmm. in you know, who in their minds, they think are better. And I think he, and he says that kind of goes to, for him, at least it goes a long way in helping him kind of decide on maybe who, you know, who ekes out who at a certain position. If um, McCarthy can't suit up, maybe the um, honorary captain does as the opposite quarterback. There you go. You've got one in the house to do it, which we'll get to that. I'm sure shortly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Tell me, tell me, you know, it sounds like the quarterback situation, whether McCarthy is out there or not is something to watch for. Uh Ryan, you got something else you're looking for? I do. I, I want to see how how the receivers shake out because obviously there's there's a lot more depth there this year. But uh, with without with Ronnie Bell not really participating in, in in Saturday's game, it's going to be a lot of the other guys. And it's like, all right, yeah, you have Cornelius Johnson back, Roman Wilson back, some guys from last year. But like, it seems like these these freshmen have, have really been hyped up this year, and especially Darius Clemens, a guy who's I think like six foot three. Who 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 has some 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 burners on him as well? Uh, he could be the next maybe vertical threat that can go up and get those 50-50 balls down the field, similar to like a Nico Collins. So I want to see how, how, who's targeted the most in, uh, on on offense and as far as receivers go. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Let uh we'll we'll stay on the offensive side of the ball for a okay. second. I think there are actually probably more question marks on the defense side of the ball. We'll get yes. to that in a minute, but um you know uh, on the offensive line. We kind of have an idea of who's starting where. 
Um, there, there's some question marks, maybe a right tackle, but center. Center is a fascinating position because you've got two guys who are, you know, different experience levels, guys who have, you know, in a way are kind of in, in a way their first year at Michigan. You got a grad transfer in Olu Alawatimi from Virginia, uh, Remington Award finalist, former All-American. He's anticipated to be the starter, but he hasn't been named it yet. You know, in fact, I asked some of the coaches the last couple of weeks if, if you know, he's the front runner and they haven't said that yet. You know, they keep comparing him to Greg Crippen. The uh, redshirt freshman who or sophomore, I don't know what he is now, but he hasn't played a ton. So those are the two guys I think are going to obviously get the start at center for both teams. I'm really you know interested to see the exchange there, how Olotimi does with whether it's Cade or whoever he's snapping to, and how that works out. Because as we've seen at Michigan in the past, you know, especially the last couple of years, really the center position is always the key cog, the offensive line, the ones obviously barking on orders, um, you know, kind of get things organized, calling things out. And that that really that relationship with the quarterback is so important. You know, Michigan's got a star coming back, obviously K. McNamara, but how he how he kind of works with the the center will be interesting. You know, it's it, you want to assume Olawatimi is going to be the guy, and even if he ends up not, or even if he ends up on the same team as say K. McNamara, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean he is the guy because again, we talked about draft order and everything else. So those are the two guys battling out for the starting center job. We'll see what happens there, but I'm I'm going to keep an eye out for those two guys too. We're talking about intriguing stuff heading into the spring game, and Aaron's over here talking about centers. Well, you know, Ryan, you can't have, <laughs> even have a play without a center. Should we shift our discussion to long snappers now? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe we should. It's a little early for me to get that excited. Come on. <laughs> But, uh, okay, yeah, Aaron mentioned the, the the defense. I mean, you have a new defensive coordinator. So, like, I mean, how much are we going to be able to glean from what we see on Saturday? I think part of the previous, uh, you know, staffs and, and defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, you know, what made him good was kind of changing to fit the personnel and changing to fit the opponent kind of week to week. There wasn't drastic overhauls, but, you know, they weren't uh, stubborn about what they wanted to do. And obviously, um, you know, there should be some similarities you'd, you'd think here with, um, you know, with some of, some of the new hires on that side of the ball, but uh, we'll get our first real look on Saturday, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, Jesse Minter is kind of, in a way, another Ravens protege. He worked mm-hmm. with Mike McDonald. He's experienced, you know, he, he knows what Mike McDonald ran last year. Um, and that was a big reason for Jim Arbaugh hiring Minter in the first place. He didn't want to blow up the defense and change the scheme like like they did last year. Uh, you know, there will be some tweaks, you know, we spoke to Minter, I think last week, um, you know, he, he basically said, you know, don't expect a lot of changes. You know, this is, this is very much year two of, of the new Michigan defense. Um, they're going to do a lot. I think a lot of the same things Mike McDonald did. Now there will be some slight variations and in, in things where they've got to change things because the reality of the situation is, and you kind of hinted at Andrew, the personnel isn't exactly the same as last year. Last year, they, they could lean on the, the edge rushers and some of the experience, maybe a linebacker. That's not necessarily going to be the case this year. So they're going to have to lean, clean on different things. I, I think the base defense will probably remain the same. You're going to see some shuffling up front. I, I think you're going to see some 3 4 4 3. You'll see some five man defensive backfield. I don't think that's going to change much. But where variation variation may come in are those, those packages, those third down packages, those blitz packages, where those blitzes come from. And, and that's going to be the key questions kind of coming into this year and whether that defense can, can, you know, adjust to that stuff. Now, how much of that they show on Saturday, we'll see. You know, I, I, I'm really curious to see who is kind of on the field the most, especially at the edge rusher position outside linebacker. 
um, you know, maybe who they who they use in blitz situations, how you know how far this this growth Mike Morris defensive end you know we keep hearing about has, has in fact taken, um, because the reality of the situation isn't and Minter acknowledged it they're not going to get the same production they got out of the edge rushers. There's no Aiden Hutchinson or David Ajabo coming down the pipe. Now you know can they get some some mild production from Mike Morris or Taylor Upshaw you know Jalen Harrell yes but it's got to come from multiple people this this time so it's. It's going to be fascinating to see how they use some of these guys. How much? How much we see of these guys on Saturday? Um, but I would say if you're if you're paying attention to defense, keep an eye on some, on some of those guys. Zook, anything else you're looking for on the defensive side or otherwise? Good, good point. And uh, yeah, I, we, Aaron mentioned Mike Morris, and I mean, obviously, I haven't been at all the spring practice availability this this year because of travels travels and whatnot and Aaron's been to I think most of them but has there been a, a guy more more hype this this spring than, than Mike Morris it seems like every coach every player that we've talked to on that side of the ball has had something to, to say about him so yeah I think he wins the award for for most hype during during the spring yeah I caution using the word hype because I, I think we've done a decent job this year of asking maybe some of those who who's the guys made the biggest leap and and it almost seems like everything's pointed to Mike Morris. Everyone seems to point to him. I think because he is still one of the more experienced guys there. He is a senior. he's been around a while, so I think they expect I think there's this expectation internally that Mike Morris is next in line. but yeah, I mean it, he's got a lot on his plate. I think he knows that. I think he's eager to show it um. But, you know, if you're a fan or you're someone from the outside like us who kind of monitor the program and, and you know, have our finger on the pulse, and I just said this, it's going to be really hard to duplicate what Aiden Hutchinson did. It just, it's just, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. So you, if you can get 40% of that, 50% of that, that's great. And I think that's the expectation for those guys at this point. And, you know, it was, we spoke to Michigan's new defensive line coach, Mike Elston, actually last week about this, earlier this week, excuse me. And, you know, he, he basically said, we're not asking those guys to be Aiden or David. You know, I think that's the expectations there is just, it's not, it's not realistic. Um, and so I think they're having them do different things. I, the, the interior of the defensive line is going to be fascinating. You mentioned Mozzie Smith earlier. He's going to be a, a fascinating piece in this. It sounds like they're going to try and use him a little bit more, um, you know, in, in rushing situations. I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, but they, the reality situation is they're going to have to get more pressure from more places. How they go about doing that remains to be seen. If they can do that, remains to be seen. And then obviously that puts more pressure on the back. You know, we haven't really got to yet. They have a lot of questions at linebacker, the secondary. Uh, you know, Rod Moore, who's into, into, you know expected to be one of you know potential starter at safety. He's been out all spring, so he won't be available Saturday. So you've got some younger guys, but familiar guys uh, there: Macari Page, R.J. Moten, uh, Jamon Green. We've been hearing a lot about this year. Uh, so you, you got some experience in the in the back, but you don't have that that playmaker star like maybe a Dax Snow they've had in the past couple of years. So you know it, it, it's gonna be fascinating to see how this all aligns, how this all comes together. You know, I don't 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 expect to see everything thrown out there Saturday. You know, there's everything's still a work in progress. But I'm really curious to just watch watch you guys move around, see how they kind of um, you know communicate how things are looking from an organizational standpoint, because that was a problem at times last year, you know, Michigan's defense looked sometimes a little organized. They, they struggled with tempo and games and how that plays uh, this year will be, you know, something to watch. Of course, there won't be any actual sacks in the game. I wouldn't think typically the quarterbacks are, are off limits and you just kind of the play is blown dead when they, when they get there before they actually, you know, secure the tackle, but uh, you can still get a feel for, for, 
you know, the pressure they're potentially putting on the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Running back, you know, Blake Corum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he 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 showed flashes last year. I'm curious to see how he comes out this year and if he can stay healthy. That's the key with him, I think, all year long. But Donovan Edwards is this unique piece who I think can be Hassan Haskins type, but he has this ability to catch the ball in the backfield that Hassan didn't really mm-hmm. just show much. And he, I think he, he adds something to the run game in that in that way. He almost reminds me a little bit like a Chris Evans. Um, so I think Michigan's run game is going to evolve a little bit this year. Um, obviously, they'll stay within the tackles because they, they can, but they're going to, I think, do a lot more on the outside uh, than they did even last year. They, and I thought they did quite a bit last year. So uh, Donovan Edwards is going to be a wild card this year. How they use him, and obviously Saturday is probably going to be a, a tenth of maybe what they plan on. But I'm really curious to watch Donovan Edwards move and, and just kind of get more reps and, and more responsibility. Um, you know, he's he's going to be an interesting piece this fall. I think he could, you know, could you know under the radar could be a, a big under the radar player. So McCarthy, uh, Rod Moore, uh, the guys that are potentially out. Anyone else that we know won't be suiting up. Yeah, Jade McBurrows, uh, he's been out for a while. He had season-ending surgery last year. He's I don't ex- I don't think he's expected to participate Saturday. Uh, other than that, we haven't gotten much. You know, we when we spoke to Jim Harbaugh a couple of weeks ago, just after practice started, it's, they sounded relatively mm-hmm. healthy. Obviously, they've been through a couple of weeks of practices now, and things obviously could change. But I guess we'll uh, we'll see on uh, Saturday. Um, yeah, it should, again, should be fun. I mean, what's the 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 weather i'm going out of town i won't be there so i i haven't looked at the weather in ann arbor but i imagine it's not going to be warm let's see it, it was better last week when i looked and now now it's about 49 yeah. 50 hardly sunny so not yeah. awful and, and the game is going to be at yep. noon yeah i think that's important to let the, the viewers or listeners know uh gates to michigan stadium do open up at 11 a.m the team anticipates taking the field around 11:30 for warm-ups and drills and stuff and the game in itself is expected to start uh, about noon. Uh, the game is going to air on Big Ten Network. Uh, 12-minute quarters have been told. They're, I think kind of a running clock type thing, and it's going to be a short halftime. So it should be in and out of there probably, you know, two, two and a half hours, I would expect. There you go. Yeah, if the sun's shining, it, it won't be won't be too bad. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, does that put a, to kind of wrap up our spring game talk? Or you got one more comment here. Yeah, one, one big thing, the news that kind of came out oh, yes. tonight that I think <laughs> a lot of folks are talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. Ka- Colin Kaepernick, former uh, 49ers quarterback. I think everyone knows the story at this point. He has been on hand. I've been told he's been in Ann Arbor pretty much the entire week. Uh, he's been kind of uh, meeting with the team. He's been uh, dropping in on practices. Uh, he has been named honored captain for the game on Saturday. Uh, if you missed it, there are photos on Michigan, uh, Michigan, the fo- Michigan football team uh, posted on social media late last night, photos of Kaepernick with, with Harbaugh and he got his own number seven Michigan Jersey. And he's with photo of him posed with Kate McNamara and him talking to the team. Um, Jim, I, I don't know the story yet. We, we still need to get to find out, you know, who, what, how this came about, but Colin will be there on Saturday. Um, I know it's drawn a lot of opinions both ways on social media. Um, but he, you know, it, it's important to point out, you know, Alan Kaepernick was starting quarterback for the 49ers when Jim Harbaugh was the head coach there. He was a very successful uh, player. Jim has, you know, for the most part, had his back. Jim, Jim's opinion on his, his, um, you know, his, his story has evolved, you know, and to the point where a couple of years ago in the height of summer 2020, you know, d- during the protests here in the U.S., during the George Floyd situation, you know, Jim, Jim defended Colin. You know, he, he said he's on the right side of, of race relations and social justice in the U.S., 
and, and that's his opinion. You know, you disagree, dis- agree, disagree, whatever the case may be. Um, Jim has maintained a friendly relationship with Colin Kaepernick. This isn't the first time he's had a non-Michigan player serve as honorary captain, and it certainly probably won't be the last. Yeah, I'm glad glad you remember that since I you know teased it in the opening and then you know kind of completely forgot about it. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, you know I saw the photos that they posted. He's you know speaking to the team and smiling, and people seem to be laughing. And um, yeah, I want to see him out on the field. I want to see if he can still sling it. There you go. Like I said, I think he. I mean, there's been reports he's still working out. He said he's in some of the best. He's still in really good shape. I th- I think he's interested in playing the NFL. He wants to. Um, you know, whether he will is a different story, but yeah, I, I think uh, he's the perfect guy to bring in. You know, if, if you're Jim, as I mentioned, you know, he played for him, he's got they have a friendly relationship. Why not? You know, and he's a, he's a Nevada guy, he played at Nevada. Kate McNamara is from Reno, Nevada. Maybe that's why they posted that photo. I don't, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, it's it, it makes sense from a relation, you know, relationship standpoint. All right, so spring game Saturday noon, uh. Let's talk about the Michigan women's basketball team because the last time we talked, we were we were previewing uh, what turned out to be the final game of the season from Michigan, a 62 to 50 loss to Louisville, the one seed. And I mean, listen, this game was there for the taking. You know, Nas Selman makes a free throw with five minutes and 42 seconds left. It brings Michigan within two points, uh, 52 to 50 Michigan. And if you remember the score I just gave you, that was the final. You know, Michigan did not score again. Uh, you know, Louisville closes the game on a 10-0 run. Michigan finishes with 22 turnovers uh, and is just kind of wondering what what could have been. Um, but at the end of the day, Louisville is just a slightly better team. I mean, is that a fair kind of assessment? They neither neither maybe played their best. Louisville did not shoot particularly well from three after a, after a good start. Um, you know, Michigan got a lot of the shots it wanted, just didn't make them, and too many turnovers. No, yeah, very, very good point. And yeah, the bottom line is Louisville had has four high school McDonald's All-Americans in their starting roster. I mean, Michigan just this doesn't have that. Yeah, Nas Hillman turned into a phenomenal player, but she wasn't even a, a top 50 recruit out of high school. So she was kind of developed once once she got to Michigan. So there, there, there was a talent gap there, but for Michigan to, to hang around and, and have a chance to win in the fourth quarter, I mean, it speaks a lot because, yeah, in the first meeting this season, Michigan didn't even show up. They weren't even in the game at halftime. They were down 20-something points. So they, they were hunting around for for a while didn't shoot well but their their defense all ncaa tournament was outstanding uh held the first three opponents up to under 50 points um uh, and and did a good job on louisville t- too until late um yeah just could not hit a shot could not get a bucket when they needed to lay and they had what four opportunities when they were down two to tie or take the lead and, and just couldn't get, to complete the comeback and, and get that momentum back on their side so uh, great, great effort, great run, and, and and a historic season for Michigan, no doubt. Yeah, certainly didn't help that you know they didn't have Leah Brown there down down the stretch, but you know she wasn't having her best game uh, either. I mean that was just part of the problem is that they didn't really, um, you know, no one had a breakout game really, and, and they needed it. it. Looked like it could be Maddie Nolan, who we talked about in the preview pod, but um, it just didn't really happen over, you know, over 40 minutes. And, you know, Haley Van Lith for Louisville is just, is tough. Um, she's a, she's a really <laughs> fantastic guard and, um, you know, was, was a difference in this game. She stepped it up and finished with, you know, I, I'm trying to remember it was 20 plus points for sure. Um, you know, you got 22 on, on nine of 15 shootings. There you go. So they'll move on to play uh, the number one overall seed, South Carolina. Uh, on the other side, it's a 
one seed Stanford against a two seed UConn. Um, so it should be a pretty good final four, which starts Friday night in Minneapolis, Michigan, not a part of it, but again, as we've said, built on last season's best season ever to create a new best season ever. Um, a lot of firsts this season, including the first ever uh, Elite Eight. But, um, you know, next year will be, I don't think it's fair to say rebuilding, given who's coming back, but certainly a, a retooling, restructuring, restructuring um, and kind of, you know, redefining uh, how, how the team will operate without Nas Hillman. Um, because, you know, you get, you get some key players back, Leah Brown, and, uh, uh, Maddie Nolan, um, you know, Cameron Williams is she, uh, she might be a McDonald's alum. Well, no, you said they have none even on the roster. She, she was a five-star recruit though. Um, you just haven't seen her much on the floor this year for a couple of years because of, because of Hillman, but yeah, um, I was talking about the starting lineups, but yeah, yeah. Next year, like her and Layla Filio was another high, high recruit too. So yep. they'll, they'll have, they have some talent and waiting in the wings. It's just not proven yet. Right. Absolutely. So it should be should be fun. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have coverage of the, the spring game continuing to uh, preview uh, the Frozen Four, which we'll talk about more in depth uh, on this podcast early next week. Um, and all things Michigan sports on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.